Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, so I understand that the Premier is is talking about what Surrey plans to do with its uh, newfound money. Yes, so we talked about it this week already, Simi. Uh, Surrey's facing a pretty big cost, their estimate, of transition back to the RCMP. They said because uh, of that cost, they're going to have to raise property taxes take a deep breath, 17.6% this year. And then along comes the provincial government with a windfall for for all municipalities. The province has set up a one-time fund for infrastructure. Surrey's getting $90 million, and Surrey is saying they're going to take the $90 million, reduce their own infrastructure spending this year, and use the savings to cover part of the cost of police transition, and presto, change-o, the taxes don't have to go up 17.6%, they only have to go up 12.6%. So that's Surrey's plan. The Premier gets asked yesterday, can they do this? And Well, David Eby says, um, yes, they can. And the problem for the province is, remember where this money comes from. It comes from the budget surplus. And in order for the province to, quote, spend the money before the end of the fiscal year, March 31st, they have to basically give it, spend it out the door with no real serious strings attached. The province can say, we think you should spend it on infrastructure. We'd like you to report how you're spending it to your voters, but yes, they can do it. So go ahead, Surrey. But the premier issued me a pretty big warning against this thing, the the Surrey two-step, if you want to call it that. He said, this is one-time money. You're only getting it this year. You're not going to get it next year. So if you use the money to get started on construction of a community center and you're going to pay for it yourself down the road or you've already funded it, that's fine. But if you use this to pay the operational cost of your police contract this year, Um, Next year, you're on the hook. You're going to have to come up with the money next year because you're essentially increasing wages and benefits and costs, ongoing costs, and you're not going to get it next year. So a pretty strong warning from the premier, don't do this or at least let your voters know that they're on the hook next year in property taxes. And it matters in the case of Surrey Simi because the Mayor of Surrey, Brenda Locke, when she first announced this 17.6% tax increase to help cover the cost of policing transition, said this is just the first year. We're looking at the same thing next year and the same thing the year after. And the Premier is saying, yes, you are, and don't come crying to us for help next year because it's not going to be there. That's the risk. It's almost like a gamble. It's like they're rolling the dice on this. It is a gamble. It's not what one would call responsible fiscal management. Um, I think the premier was also in effect saying to other municipalities, don't try this because you'll be in the same predicament. Uh, There's a lot of municipalities in BC that are looking at big tax increases next year. Uh, Vancouver, uh, big tax increase, Victoria. There's a bunch of them. In fact, what I guess uh, Poco, uh, Port Coquitlam, Brad West is the only one who's saying, no, we're only going to do 3% out here. Let's all move to Port Coquitlam was my reaction. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a, a real warning from the Premier, but it's a, a situation that the government created with its no-strings-attached 
infrastructure fund. Like the string is, well, you got to put the money in a separate account and you have to report to your municipality how you spent it. But there's really nothing to stop a municipality from doing what Surrey is proposing to do, which is to use the infrastructure money to reduce their own infrastructure spending and then turn around and use the savings to reduce the cost of the police contract. Right. Uh, Surrey's situation is unique, though, right? Like they've got themselves into this position. Yeah, I mean, look, Surrey is in one heck of a mess out there. The, uh, a problem created by deciding to set up their own municipal police force, uh, launching the whole thing, ending up with a police force that was starting up, uh, getting deep into it, a contract with the police force that apparently includes significant severance if they shut it down, and then reversing direction on the narrowest possible electoral mandate last fall. Brenda Locke and her team got in by a tiny margin of victory. They've taken that as a blank check from the voters to reverse direction. Uh, The province, Simi, as we know, is still scrutinizing their plan to do it. The province can't, well, the province can stop them if they say the plan doesn't protect public safety, but You know, you saw it again yesterday with the premier. Um, The the New Democrats would sooner not step in and stop this. They would much sooner that the mayor of Surrey and her team are on the hook for it. But at the same time, public safety is a real issue. And they've hinted that the reason they rejected the first plan, which they got, you know, earlier this year, is because the RCMP was proposing to raid other detachments in British Columbia to restaff the Surrey detachment. And the province isn't going to stand for that. So, I mean, I still think that it's possible that the provincial government will say this plan doesn't work. But I think we saw again yesterday, the premier, like the New Democrats, really wish this thing would go well, away. Sure. And, and I, you can't blame them, right? They, they did not author this situation. The liberals have tried to say, oh, this is all your problem. No, it isn't. This is a problem created by um, politicians in Surrey yes. interpreting mandates from the voters over-enthusiastically, I would say, to, to put the best face on <laughs> I think that's a very generous way of putting it, Vaughn. That is generous. And also, I think in this case, it's going to depend on the communication from the provincial government, because to me, that argument that, hey, we we can't sacrifice, you know, community safety in other communities yeah. for this plan. That's actually a winning argument. Like that, that is a good you know, argument. That's a good point, Surrey. Uh, Simi. God, <laughs> Surrey. Uh, sorry, I apologize for calling you Surrey. Uh, <clears throat> that is a good point. And, and Mike Farmer, the Solicitor General, is the one who hinted that that was the objection. That I do think that would be a winning argument. If the province simply came out and said, we reviewed the Surrey plan, the RCMP plan to bring back the RCMP, and the staffing just isn't there to do it, and the proposal to restaff Surrey by taking RCMP officers from other parts of British Columbia just doesn't fly because it would endanger public safety in yeah. those communities. So it, that's the that, key, though, is the communication yeah. on that, right? If yeah, they were to I come agree. out and say, we're not sacrificing Prince George, we're not sacrificing terrorists, we're not sacrificing these other communities for this. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And look, you know, maybe back in the minds of some of the politicians in Surrey who would like this thing to go away as well, 
Would they really be crushed if the provincial government said, nah, the plan doesn't work and you can't do this, it's, it's gone along too far? I mean, privately, some New Democrats have been saying, this thing is, and these include NDP MLAs from Surrey, this thing is way too far advanced to reverse direction. It, it would be too expensive and too unworkable so. and don't do it. And that may be the outcome, but... There's not much time left, right? Like the province has admitted it's got to come out with its answer very soon um, in a matter of weeks. And they said that weeks ago. So it's, it must be imminent for a decision. This is what I'm thinking, too. Uh, before I let you go, let's talk about this bill that was introduced by uh, B.C. Liberal MLA Eleanor Sturkel. It's really interesting. We're going to talk to her about it a little bit later on the show. But what kind of reaction is that getting? Uh, it's had a lot of favorable reactions. So Sturco uh, has an idea, I think it's a good one, that a, a change in the Mental Health Act that would say when somebody's admitted to an ER in mental health distress, sent there by the police or by uh, you know somebody else, uh, ER workers, doctors, nurses would be obliged to consult family members before letting the person go. And yesterday we had a very emotional announcement on this. Sturko herself was involved in one of the cases, an RCMP officer, police officer who went in uh, to the ER, admitted in mental distress, released, committed suicide. Uh, the, the obligation is not there in the Mental Health Act now for this kind of consultation before deciding whether a person should be detained as a risk to themselves. And what the law says is, look, you have to do the extra bit of work. You can't just let a person in, 90 minutes later release them. Um, she said, you know, that people in these situations don't know themselves the degree of risk they have, or they may be bent on suicide. And so I'm glad you're going to hear from Sterko herself. This is an opposition member who is emerging as one of the stars of the B.C. Liberal Caucus. She's elected in a, in a by-election just last uh, fall. And I think, you know, and this one, such a good idea that even Premier David Eby admitted the government's going to take a look at it. It's very rare, as you know, Simi, for opposition bills yeah. to make it under the beyond the order paper in the legislature. In this case, the idea has merit, and uh, uh, the government should seriously consider enacting it. All right, we'll see what happens. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.